This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. We're busy with a, a series on Let's Stand. That's our theme for this year. Let's Stand. And uh, we, uh, the Lord um, will sometimes share with us some of these things and saying, um, then it's so amazing to see what God is saying in the rest of the body of Christ. You know, everywhere we go, people are saying it's time for Christians to stand. Uh, it's time for us to, to first take a spiritual stand. It's not a natural, because some people want to go and do the natural thing, but then many times it's in the flesh. Um, and so God wants to share principles with us because especially for the church in the West, we're a bit asleep or we, we're sort of thinking like, yeah, I'm going on with my life. And there's not a spiritual realm, but the moment when our eyes begin to open up, the moment when we see what's actually happening, um, then we never respond in fear. We respond by faith uh, because we've seen God. It's like David when he comes against Goliath. You know, he runs against Goliath and he says, I, I've, I've come to you not in my own name, but I've come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven. And I, I wonder what he saw when he picked up those stones there at the brook, you know, those couple of stones what was that conversation about? Um, probably not like, oh, Lord, have you seen how big this giant is? You know, Lord, um, um, you know, are you still on your throne today? <laughs> no, because the moment when he runs against Goliath, he don't, doesn't just have one stone. He has a couple of stones because if you read the scripture, Goliath had a couple of brothers. Um, so he picked up enough stones to kill all the brothers as well. And um, so when he kills um, Goliath, then he kills him with the stone, but then he cuts off his head and makes sure that he's really dead, deader, deadster. Okay, I don't know what that is in English, but he's really dead, you know. Um, and I, I think sometimes we lose or we get discouraged or we lose our confidence because when you look at what's happening out there in the world, the world has gone crazy. Don't for a moment think that everything is okay. Uh, and so what a lot of Christians are doing, they, they're withdrawing, they're hiding away from that place or that position with God and so on Friday night uh, every year we go to Fensters and it is crazy I, I think people have got they don't have a clue what goes on in a little town like this on a Friday night at Fensters um, where so many girls get raped so many gangsters come from all over Cape Town it's the biggest drug event um, the biggest party event and um, Lenny and Jason were there until I think 4 a.m. And so we had to go through the tear gas and some of our people got stitches and stuff. It was crazy. But making a stand while people were praying through the night at the office and having more than 100 students just going out there and say, hey, let's, let's take a spiritual stand for Jesus. Um, and so the stuff that happened, oh, it's, it's just lacquer when God's kingdom comes together. Uh, but there's a battle. There's a, there's a challenge for us. Um, and when we, when we talk about standing, it's not about running around and throwing around your weapons and like going against every ism and being afraid of stuff. It's a position we need to take up. And that means it starts with you spiritually before God. It starts with you for your family, especially your husbands. Yeah, it starts for you in the community that you're in. Maybe that school, maybe that place where we are. Uh, Christians need to take a stand. I love what Angus said a week or two weeks ago. He said, the best form of defense is attack. You know, and I thought like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Most of us want to run away and say, oh Lord, have you forsaken us? You know, um, but, but you get these people in the kingdom of God, they just go for it. And I think like, you're crazy, you know. 
but once we've heard the voice of God, once we've been with God, um, then miracles are going to happen. Things are going to change. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm going to share two stories with us, and then we're going to jump to the book of Revelations. But we all know this, Joshua, and the story of Joshua when they crossed the Jordan. And we're going to read that story this morning. And, um, you know, there's a, a beautiful scripture at the end of Joshua, in Joshua 24, that we all quote, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, and, and when you re- read through scripture, you'll actually see a lot of places and moments and events where the whole nation of Israel would come to stand before the Lord, you know. So I'm not going to focus on that scripture, but Joshua, at the end of his life, just before he dies, he get everyone together, everyone in Israel. And then he says, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then he dies after that. Now, that's easy to say at the beginning of your life, but at the end of your life, it is, it is so important that you can leave a legacy because you've been standing all your life. And uh, so many times in, in these pictures that we see in the Old Testament, there's a picture of what we should spiritually do in the New Testament. And so God calls us to sometimes call our whole family together and say, look here, this is, these are the choices we've made. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say Amen. <laughs> Okay, so, so Moses died, and the season is over. Moses sort of, um, Moses was a great leader, a great man of God. But what happened is Moses uh, came out of anger. So what happened is he was standing at this big stone, and the first time they got there, the Lord says, hey, strike the rock, and he struck the rock, and the water came out. Uh, the second time, God says to him, Moses, I want, to do, want you to do it differently this time. And so because Moses was angry with the people, he took the rod and he struck the rock again. And water came out again, another miracle. And then the Lord says, Moses, just based on what you've done now, sorry, I'm not disqualifying you, but you can't get into the promised land. Because if you're going to come out of your flesh, then what's going to happen? You're going to miss it because there's going to be a Jericho and there's going to be other giants in that promised land. If you're going to lose your temper there, you are going to forfeit my whole promise that I have. So Moses, I'm going to take you up on the mountain. You're going to see the promised land, all of that stuff, but I need to raise up a Joshua. So the challenge there, it's not, God is not sentimental about his glory and his purpose. Sometimes we think like God really needs me or he needs us as a church, but he doesn't. God's purposes will come to pass. I mean, but he's looking for a group of people. He's looking like for a Joshua. He's looking for a Caleb because I love Caleb when they come around the second time to go into the promised land. This is a story we're going to read now. Caleb says like 40 years ago we were here. Now Caleb is 80 years old and he says, I am stronger now than what I was the first time when I came here. And they've dwelt in the wilderness for 40 years. And Caleb says, now I am stronger because I've been taking a spiritual stand. So Joshua 3, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. He says, you've never been here. 
this is a new way of doing things but I'm giving you some instructions the priests are going to move out of the camp and they're going to take the Ark of the Covenant which represents the presence of God the glory of God and that's going to go before but don't you have to have keep your distance don't be familiar don't just run off to keep your distance so that when they go through something is going to happen and then all of us are going to go through and Joshua said to the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you Joshua spoke to the priest saying take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people so they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people and the Lord said to Joshua this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses Moses so I will be with you you shall command the priest to bear the ark of the covenant saying when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan you shall stand in the Jordan and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off the waters that come down from upstream and they shall stand as a heap so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people and as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest that the waters which came down from the upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam the city that is beside Zaratan so the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan this is a beautiful picture of them taking this first step into the promised land I always had this this little picture of this little stream the, this Jordan was this little stream just passing through and maybe like 10 meters or 20 meters but at certain spaces that Jordan was more than a kilometer wide so it was a massive river this wasn't just like whoa you know something we do now let's just stop there and freeze a little bit two weeks ago I, I told this story in the evening service I was shocked but but that's where lots of this stuff that I'm sharing with came from I was jogging up there in Mostertsdorf and I came around the corner and as I was coming around the corner there was a car whose two doors were open in the middle of the road so I saw somebody jumped out and there was another Fortune Toyota Fortune standing with its back to me on this side of the road and as I was jogging I saw there's a, lay, a girl lying on the side of the road but she's full of blood and there's a young guy trying to help her so now I'm jogging and I'm thinking like what's happening here you know um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pick up a little bit of speed I'm the end of my jog so so it's like I'm really going for it as I get there this is now the scene I realized this girl came down the hill with a skateboard and she obviously fell off and hit her head against the sidewalk and she was semi unconscious and you know I'm not a medic and I need to pray first when I see blood so I first prayed for myself and then I went in you know so so here I come to this place and I'm I'm trying to help this girl because all I know is just make sure that tongue is not hasn't fallen backwards or anything like that so here's this girl but she's full of blood I don't know where all the stuff is she really got quite a knock and she's unconscious as I'm turning around because there's, there's another student guy helping there's a guy sitting in his fortuner and he's taking a video of everything that is happening so now I'm turning around and I'm shouting to this guy says did you find the, the ambulance did you phone and he gets annoyed with me by screaming at him that he should phone the ambulance or the doctor 
because he's busy taking a video. So eventually I got up and I went to the car. Now I'm, I'm furious. I want to take my fist and smash his window. And I realize I'm a Christian. Christians don't do that. But I said, did you phone the doctor? He says, no. Because he's more interested in taking a social media video clip about this, what's happening in front of him, than actually helping the person. And so I was traumatized for two days. Eventually this guy phoned because I was standing next to him and screaming at him and saying like, Hey, get with the program, you know? Because he was annoyed with me that I'm now like telling him to phone the doctor because somebody's busy dying here on the sidewalk. But he's more interested in his experience or what he's going, you know? Because this is a nice movie to put on social media. And so as I was praying through this, I realized this is where the world is at. And this is where a lot of Christians is at. They... They're just apathetic. Let, let it just be there. Let it just be out there. But as Christians, there is no neutral ground for us. You cannot be a spectator in the kingdom of God. You cannot be a consumer in the kingdom of God. And this is, this is where we start with this story is, Joshua said, everyone, everyone in the camp, and that's so amazing about the Old Testament and having all these stories, all the kids, Everyone had to be there whenever God spoke so that nobody could say, no, no, that one said or that one said. And so, yeah, the Lord could have probably just opened up the river in the middle of the night. But he doesn't. He says, this is how it's going to happen. You are going to consecrate yourself, he says. Take a couple of days, consecrate yourself. Every time before they would meet God or Moses on the mountain, he'd say, consecrate yourself. And as Christians, we need to learn how to consecrate ourselves, our families, our workspaces. We can't just go into situations because we assume certain things. When you consecrate, when you live a consecrated life, it means like I'm here to please Him. I'm Everything about me is to serve Him. Everything, I put myself aside because that's what holiness means. It means to be different. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.